You are listening to episode number 16 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you for checking out the Fit Successful Dad podcast. This is episode 15, and I want to tell you just a quick story. Uh, in November or October, uh, let's just say the fall of 2015, about a year and a half ago, my sister was in town. At the time, she was living in Manhattan, and she was in town, and she was telling me about this e-commerce, physical products selling type of business model online. And at the time, I thought this was just another kind of gimmicky thing. I called her out on it. I told her this was a good way to lose your money and a good way to get zero back on your investment. And she actually threw it right back in my face and said, you know what? You might be right, but you might be wrong. Why don't you go ahead and take a listen to what this guy has to say. And she pointed me in the direction of a guy named Scott Volker. And Scott Volker is, of course, the host of the uh, TAS or the Amazing Seller podcast. And he also runs the TAS or the Amazing Seller community, which is a closed Facebook group. And he does a whole bunch of online trainings and webinars and really cool stuff around e-commerce and Amazon. And I listened to his podcast. I read up on all his teachings and tutorials. I jumped on one of his webinars. I became a member of his community. And I went and and engaged in that community. And over time, found myself uh, following all of his teachings and all of his practices that he put out there for his listeners and his audience. And I went ahead and started... Uh, as you guys know, a physical products brand on Amazon.com in which I was able to turn that into a profitable um, profitable business, and I still continue to take sales from that, and it's been kind of life-changing, actually. So I, I look up to Scott as, as a mentor and someone that I can learn from and have learned from and will continue to learn from in the future. And so I reached out to Scott after a while, and this was uh, about a couple months ago. This is around January of 2017, maybe February, early February 2017. And about six weeks went by after I reached out to him before he finally responded. And um, I had asked him, hey, Scott, can I interview you on my podcast? I think that you have a lot of similar traits to me in, in that I... I have kind of this family thing going on. I have entrepreneurial endeavors going on. I have things that I want to do, businesses that I want to build. And I've taken so much away from listening to you and everything that you have to say that I would love to get you on and kind of dissect how you run your businesses so successfully and how you continue to balance uh, life and and business and family and all your all your happenings, all the things you got you have going on. So he eventually responded and he thought it'd be a cool idea for me to jump on his podcast and interview him on his own podcast for his own listeners. And then I could also take that repurpose it here. So it's a win-win. And I thought that was really cool. So I did, I did do that. I uh, went on his podcast and this was just uh, last week. So if you're listening to this, the day that airs, I believe that's going to be April 4th. Um, I listened, I, I was on his podcast, uh, a week ago. So 
whatever that was, March 29th, I think, March 29th, 2017. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Scott's a really, really nice guy, really cool guy. I learned a lot from just from talking to him. And we got a little carried away. It was about an hour, um, but it was a lot of fun, like I said. And um, really easy guy to talk to, really down to earth. And I think you guys are going to like this. It's uh, it's a deep dive into Scott's personal life and how he deals with everything that life throws at him for business and family. And he also dives pretty deep into overcoming fears and overcoming confidence issues and believing in yourself and just throwing out a lot of encouraging and empowering uh, insight that I think you guys can take a lot away from. And um, with that, I'm going to go ahead and transfer it over. So... Scott Volker, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Gordon, I am excited, man, because this is something that uh, we talked about doing and uh, you sent in a voicemail about uh, wanting to know a little bit more about how you balance life as an entrepreneur and family and, you know, being a husband and all that stuff. And you thought it would be interesting to dive into this deep. And I said, you know what, let's do it, but let's do it where you interview me on my show. And then if you want to repurpose it, that's fine. You can use it on your show too. I don't care. And, uh, that's what we're going to do here. So thanks so much for coming on and hanging out with me. Oh, Scott, it's, uh, it's, it's really a pleasure. Uh, it's funny too. Cause I, I left you that voicemail. Gosh, I think it's, it's been it, at it least a couple of months. Yeah. yeah. And, and that and that's my bad. That that's totally my bad. And the thing is, is just for people to know too, like when you when you submit a question on Ask Scott, it's generally about a month to a month and a half out. And it looks like yours might have got pushed down for some reason. And when I went to listen to it, I was like, oh man, I should have probably responded, you know, to this like earlier because, you know, maybe he wanted to have me on his podcast like earlier. So anyway, I apologize for that, but I'm so glad we we're able to do it now. Hey, uh, no, I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, for those who don't know, and probably for you a little bit, um, the purpose of, of my podcast and the purpose of my brand, it actually is tied in with TAS a little bit. And I'll, I'll just tell you a little bit why. Um, so a couple of years ago, first of all, my name, is, my name is Gordon Light, and I'm a father, and I am a husband, and I'm an electrical engineer. And uh, I'll talk a little bit about that. But Dialing back the clock a couple of years, um, I came across the TAS podcast in its very, very early stages. Yeah. And I was really just kind of looking for something. I was looking to scratch that kind of entrepreneurial itch that I knew was there, but I didn't really know <laughs> how to even start, um, you know, actually taking action on it. And uh, and it was it was pretty cool. It was like the, the timing was absolutely perfect. My sister was the one who recommended you. I listened to it, and I immediately started carving out little windows of time in my very, very crazy schedule. And I went from just kind of a nine to five job to also creating a, a brand and launching that on Amazon. And I had, um, and I still do, I still have multiple products with multiple variations and, um, they weren't as you call them home runs, right. but I did hit multiple base hits. And I so love that, base hits. Yeah. Base hits are great. <laughs> Base hits are, <laughs> hey, in the baseball world, I'll take a guy that hits like 10 base hits versus one home run every 30 at-bats. Absolutely, right? I mean, yeah, a base hit every time is, is better than nothing. So yeah, um, so it's going great. And not only have I made my money back, I've profited considerably. I've gone on to explore Amazon Merch, that whole platform, which is really, really cool. And talk about a, a, a program that almost requires – it's almost a completely passive thing. Mm. Um 
I, I, I highly recommend anybody who's, who's considering anything to check that out. But currently, uh, though, merch is still is still um, by invite only. Um, as far as when we're recording this right now, um, it, it, it still is. It, as far as I know, right? I yes, mean, yes, it still okay. is. Yeah, because I, I'm actually. It's funny. I've got three brands that I'm working with, and um, every one of them, I said apply because that way will give me three chances to get on that platform. And we just, we just literally got an, I got an email yesterday or no, two days ago, um, from someone that said that I'm working with that said, I I'm we're in. So we're just about ready to start, uh, to start getting into that. And now I think also it, it limits you to only having 10 designs up at once, um, is kind of what it gave us as our threshold right now. So if you have 10 designs, you can you can launch them, and then if you want to launch another one, you got to get rid of one and, and then start another one. That's at least how it's working right now. Oh wow, that means they made some changes. Well, first of all, yeah. welcome to the welcome to the merch club. Uh, I think you'll be really really successful with it based on everything I know about you. Um, but that's that's interesting. They changed it to ten because when I got invited and accepted, it was twenty five. Oh wow! And then <clears throat> I believe you have to hit a hundred sales total and then they start tearing you up i mean it's 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 different it seems to be different for everybody but 10 is yeah. the lowest that i've heard but it'll uh, probably work the same way too like now if you hit 10 and you get 100 then it'll probably bring you up to maybe the next threshold whatever that is, is yeah. i'm assuming yeah that's 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 a good i think you got to prove yourself before you just start throwing up shirts and stuff yeah. right <laughs> yeah back right? in the day no it is that's what it is yeah. and back in the day i think there was no threshold limit so you could yeah. you could literally be invited and and get accepted and then throw up a thousand designs and just kind of monopolize it. Exactly. Um, but anyway, so dialing back a little bit. So yeah, so I, I went to launch uh, a brand in a couple different products, physical products. Then I got into merch and then I started to explore some other things outside of Amazon. And where I found myself almost two years later is supplementing my income with this whole separate side gig that really it's not something that takes uh, an extra eight or nine hours a day on top of my eight or nine hours a day that I was working my full-time job. It's it's almost like this, I guess you might call it a side hustle. But, right, right. But yeah, I, ha would. I haven't had to forego my, my family dynamic at home, my relationship with my son, which is probably the thing I hold uh, nearest and dearest to my heart, mm -hmm. um, relationship with my wife, my social life. I mean, these are things that I was able to do in just small pockets of time um, pretty much throughout the week, and I still have my weekends. And so the goal of my podcast and the goal of my whole brand here, Fit Successful Dad, is really to reach out to other parents, and, and it almost entirely applies to parents. It's kind of my target niche, my target audience. Sure. Sure. And just kind of show them that, you know, ha having kids in the house and, and being married and having these, these, you know, these domestic things going on, uh, it, it doesn't, it's not a hindrance to, to, kind of chasing an entrepreneurial lifestyle and it's it's actually in my opinion it's more of an enhancement and it's more mm. of something that that can actually be a motivator to creating right, right. that lifestyle right i agree and so that's that's that and yeah you're a perfect uh kind of like a textbook example of that and um just based well, on the, <laughs> the podcast yeah appreciate that the tas podcast and the story that you've been telling over the past few years and uh, which I think is great, and uh, I think it resonates really well with, with your audience, and also I think it'll resonate with my audience. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to kind of dive a little bit deeper into what makes Scott Volker so successful. Yeah, well, you know, and I, I want to say, like, going back to your voicemail, like, in, my, in my, my, my first thought was like, oh, this is cool. This is a cool topic. I'd be excited to talk about this. I mean, I love talking about business. I love talking about, like, Amazon. I love talking about different platforms, building your email list. I, like, I love that stuff. Like, I can talk about stuff for days, <laughs> for hours, right? But 
this topic or any other topic around just lifestyle and the why of why we actually do things and creating that plan. And to me, it's all about building the lifestyle first and then building the businesses around that to support it is key. Um, so whenever I get a chance to talk about this, I, I love it. And I initially just said, oh, you know what? I'm going to play his voicemail like I do on Ask Scott and I'm going to then create a podcast about it. And I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead and try to flip this around and have, you know, Gordon come on and kind of interview me, but then he can also share it with his audience and it'll kind of, it'll kind of help both audiences. And I think, you know, some people are going to be interested and some people might be like, ah, eh, I want the next, you know, Amazon tactic and that's fine. Um, but this, this session, I think for us will be really just deep diving into that. And, you know, like I told you before we even got on here and recorded, like I like taking these wherever they go. So I know you have a little bit of a, like a direction you want to go, but I'm sure that it'll take different paths and different turns because, there's so many different things that go into this that a lot of people would just look at, well, you just wake up and you kind of go to work. Um, there is some planning in that um, to create the lifestyle, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. This is going to be fun. Awesome. All right, cool. Let's jump right into it then. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so, Scott Volker, uh, before yes. we get into all of your, <laughs> your the, the vast list of business things you got going on. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell everybody – myself included. What has you excited right now? What just has you, what has you pumped up right now? Oh man, there's so much. Uh, that is a tough one. And I know you gave me some questions beforehand, but I didn't really think this one through, but on a personal level, um, just life in general, like I've got a nine year old daughter. Um, I've got an 18 year old son who's going to be 19 in April. I've got a 21 year old daughter who'll be 22 in July. She's getting married. My, uh, 18 year old is in college and, um, he's pursuing his dreams right now and I'm helping support him in that. And that's really exciting to see how, and again, we can talk about this a little bit later, but how he's kind of and and my older daughter, how they've kind of, because they've been brought up in this lifestyle, they've taken on a whole nother mindset that a lot of kids their age haven't, um, which I think is pretty cool. And I'm pretty proud of that. Um, so we can definitely dive into that. Um, and my nine year old just really keeps it fun, fun. Like, I mean, today we've got volleyball, like at like four o'clock, like, so my calendar is cleared. We're going to volleyball. We watch her, uh, practice. Then we watch her play some games and it's just a lot of fun. Uh, so that's what's got me the most excited, like enjoying life, like enjoying the time that we have here today together and really embracing that, being grateful for everything that I, I have the chance to explore and to to enjoy. Um, so that's uh, in a nutshell, like that's what's got me the most excited in life. Um, the other part, which is pretty it's right up there is being able to help more people through my podcast like that. This has been something that I, I again, never planned. Um, I, I had hoped at one time at, at one point in my life that I'd be able to share my story or share a message, um, with people and have them actually use it to their advantage and to create a better life. Uh, kind of like yourself, like you're actually a, a perfect example of what I love to hear because it means that you actually listened and you, you, you were inspired enough to actually take action. And from there, it's made some changes in your life. Even if it's the smallest, it's done something. So that's, what's really got me the most excited inside of like, you know, outside of my family is helping more people and reach more people. And those people that are doubting themselves because maybe they've done other things and they don't think that they're capable or they don't have enough time or they come up with excuses to try to allow them to not try something so they don't fail. Cause that's a lot of times the reason why they don't start is because they just don't want to fail. Um, it's not really the time they can, we can all fit time somewhere, like watch one less show or something. Um, but it just comes down to figuring that stuff out. But that's got me the most excited. The podcast, 
um, because that helps me reach thousands of people on a regular basis and Facebook lives and all that stuff. And then just, I've got little programs that I'm creating to also help people. We've got one right now called the one K fast track, which is helping people, um, really make their first thousand dollars. Because I think if I can help them make their first thousand, then they'll go on to make their, their, you know, their next five and then 10 and then 20. Um, so that's, what's really got me the most excited right now for uh, business and in life. Scott, that's, uh, that's not what I expected. So uh, the reason I love that answer so much is because yeah. well, first and foremost was, was your, your response about your family. Yeah. Right? You just got very specific about your three kids and their current situations, and that was kind of number one. And then number two was your podcast and how yes. you're helping people. Now, those are two things that they don't make you money. Right, those are no. two things that are just no. you do, and you get fulfillment out of out of those things, yeah. which is awesome. Um, and I, I ask that question a lot to a lot of people when I interview them, and a lot of times the response is how many six figure you know things they've got going on down the mm -hmm. down the pipeline. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool to hear that. And uh, yeah. so, and, I mean, Gordon, on, on that though, let me just say because when I started the podcast. There was no money being generated through the podcast. As of right now, just to be totally transparent, there is money that's coming through the podcast, but it was never the plan in the beginning as to when. So there wasn't like a plan to go out there and set out. So some people would say, yeah, Scott, you're just going to keep doing that because you know, you're monetizing that now. And the answer is yes, but for the first 50, 60 episodes, there wasn't a dollar generated for the podcast. Um, and there was you know hours upon hours of dedication. And to me you know, on the front end, like you, like, I don't even know, like, I mean, you, you didn't purchase any of my stuff currently. I mean, like any programs, you might've did some tools through an affiliate or something, but nothing really like a program. So, you know, because I helped you, that doesn't mean that you're less valuable to me. Um, but I just know it's kind of like the Zig Ziglar, right? The more people that you help get what they want, the more that you'll be able to receive, you know, and I'm not sure if that's exactly what it was, but it was darn <laughs> close, right? It's just help more people get what they want out of life and good things will happen. Like that's the motto. So for me, like I'm, I want to go out there and wow people with the free content that I can deliver to hopefully change lives. And if I do, it'll start to really create almost like a movement in a sense to where then we can, we can just create this amazing community that supports each other on a regular basis. So I just want to be clear, like, the podcast, yes, it doesn't generate money on the podcast itself. Like there's no sponsorships. As of right now, I don't currently have sponsorships and I've been offered, um, I've actually been, been offered six figures to be on the podcast for like a six month deal. And I've turned that down um, because I didn't want to dilute my content and I didn't want, uh, I didn't want to take away from my message and from everything that I believe in. So just to kind of be upfront there, I just wanted to kind of, again, I'm honest and transparent with everyone. I just want people to understand the entire picture. Well, as a TAS fan, I mean, I, I certainly appreciate that. I, I do think that you're in a position now where you probably should consider monetizing, um, but you're so passionate about not, like you said, diluting the content. Yes. You know, which is something that, you know, is a, a term you came up with on your own, and that, that's yep. something that you feel very strongly about. Yeah. So, you know, it's your own thing. But um, but I, I see absolutely no issue with someone like yourself monetizing. And in fact, I'm a person who has reaped so many benefits from listening to TAS that I have gone on to make you know, a considerable amount of money from it. And, right. and you're right, I did not purchase anything from you. And everything that I got from you, that education was entire, entirely 100% free. Exactly. So I feel like I should be thanking you, actually. Yeah, <laughs> no, and that's, and, and that's, and to me, though, but that's, it's awesome, right? Because, and, and I just want to kind of, I, I, again, I want to stay on, on course here, but, you know, 
I was never planning on creating any type of training or anything like that. It, that wasn't like my, my thing. Um, but I had a lot of people that weren't like you that were like, you know, Scott, I, I just want step by step. I want paint by numbers. Like I want you to walk me through every single step. And I had that over and over and over again. And that's where we came up with our PLC classroom. Um, so that's kind of how that kind of happened. Like it was my audience telling me what they wanted. And again, another lesson for anyone listening, like whether you're selling physical products, whether you're selling digital products, listen to your audience and then help them and give them what they want. Like it's that simple. Like <laughs> right. Don't try to make it too complicated. Um, that's the, that's a win-win for everyone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Um, okay, so I know just from listening to your podcast that you have several brands. You don't talk about them, and that's okay. Uh, you know specifically what they are. Um, but what specifically, uh, and, and be as specific as you can, yeah. uh, what specifically are you doing on top of those brands? And maybe dig into how many different brands and variations and SKUs maybe yeah. you have. Uh, what yeah. are you doing to generate revenue today? Well, there's a lot of things. Uh, if we go back to even like the front of my story, which I shared in episode 300 of my podcast. So if you're listening to this on my podcast, it's theamazingseller.com forward slash 300. If you're listening to it on yours, you can still go to that link and you'll get that podcast um, episode. And that was really like the whole, all the way back to the beginning when I was 18 years old, gotten, you know, I graduated high school and, and how I got started and all that stuff. Um, my wife and I owned a photography business and a brick and mortar. We grew that pretty successfully um, into a six-figure business. And then we uh, moved that to a uh, digital products business where we were selling templates and stuff for, uh, you know, digital photographers. And we still run that today. So that brings in money. It still brings in money and it's almost passive. We, we work on that maybe a few hours a month. Um, we have paid members that pay every single month to be part of that. And then we deliver, um, you know, products to those people every single month. Um, so that's a, a steady flow of revenue. Um, and then, like you said, that, then there's brands inside of, um, or my, you know, I have a personal one that I started from scratch before I even started the podcast. That one there has kind of been on passive, just kind of like letting it go. And the reason for that, a lot of the reason is, is when I started, I didn't really know, like a lot of people, what direction I wanted to go. So one reason that I kind of just let that kind of stay where it is, I haven't added any more SKUs in a while. I think right now we have uh, probably counting variations, probably about 10 SKUs, maybe eight to 10 SKUs. And I haven't added one in probably a year. Um, and that still generates between 15 and 20,000 in revenue every single month. And we're, we're probably about 30 to 35% margin. And when I say that one's passive, I mean, like literally we just order inventory and replenish like a little bit of pay-per-click sponsored ads. I really use it as a testing ground as well, because now I can kind of test certain things in there. And the other reason is, is I've had people email me, um, and this will probably get people to even do it deeper, but I've had people say, Scott, I know what you sell. You've exposed yourself. And so I didn't cover my tracks because I didn't know I was going to have a podcast. So it's kind of like, all right, well, cool. So now what should I do? Should I keep filling that and kind of, uh, you know, pushing more product to there? Or because now, you know, as you know, you know, some people, when you get into the space, you get in the spotlight, some people want to take you down as well. So I've had haters, I've had negative people come, you know, try to attack me. And, um, <laughs> So because of that, I've kind of let it go. But even though I've let it go, it's still consistently been at 15 to 20 and some months, you know, approaching 25K a month um, with literally about less than less than an hour a day, probably like 15 minutes a day. Um, and that's no exaggeration. So that was that's been a nice little set and almost forget type of thing. Um, the other one I did as a test brand with um, someone that I was helping on the side and I'm an equal partner in on that. 
And um, the idea there was, can I start this person off with a very low budget and and grow that to where they can make, you know, between five and ten thousand dollars a month in in um, profit? And we we did a really good job the very first year, which was last year was our full year on that. And the products there are only around 15 bucks, which goes goes against my rules. My rules is usually 20 to 45 and um, making about five to seven dollars profit per unit. That one there has probably right now about 18 to 20 SKUs. And that one's that one last year did 100,000 in revenue total for the year at a 33% margin. Um, and that one there, I literally spend less than, again, an hour a day. Um, so that one there is, again, you know, that's that's doing something. I partnered also um, with my good friend Dom Sugar in an open brand concept. He's got many brands, um, but he said, you know, he was thinking about doing an open brand. I said that would be good also because then I can be involved. I can still have my hands in it and um, work on the marketing side of things and maybe email list building, um, funnel building, all that stuff that I'm really passionate about. That's kind of like my my thing. I like that stuff a lot. Um, so he agreed. And, um, so now we're working on stuff there. And I think that one there currently has like 15 to 20 SKUs and, uh, minus fourth quarter. Cause fourth quarter was crazy. I think over <laughs> like 90,000 in, in revenue. Awesome. Um, but, uh, I think right now, I think he told me the last update was like 30 to 35. And that was also cause we ran out of one of the top sellers. Um, so that one's, that one's doing well, um, and I'm excited about that because the open brand concept is really how you can take multiple kinds of products, multiple types of markets, and then merge them into one account. And I wanted to experiment with that anyway, and he had already started it. So I said, if I come on and help you with the marketing and stuff, then we can kind of we can partner on that. So that's what we've done there. And then the most recent one, um, this one I'm really super, super excited about, and that one is a brand with a front person that will be doing all of the face on video, on blog, on all different social media platforms and going to be the driving force behind the brand. And, um, and then I'll be the marketing guy behind the brand and, and all of that stuff. And that'll be a 50, 50 partner on that. Um, and that one there's, we're probably three weeks away from launching, uh, two products and we've got three other ones in pre-production. So, just to kind of throw that all that stuff out there. So that's all that stuff. And on top of that, I have a podcast, which you guys are listening to now. And that publishes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And um, I have training and I have um, affiliate uh, affiliate deals that I work with partners on that stuff. And that brings in revenue as well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of different things going on for, for revenue. Wow. Yeah, that is a lot of moving parts. And just to make yeah. sure I have my count right here. So you have four essentially four brands that you are involved in on yep. the, okay. And, um, this last one, the one yeah. that's about to launch, you said it was about two to three weeks out sure. and you can be launching with two products. So you went and found a, a friend or a colleague or a, or a partner that is going yeah. to be kind of doing all the social yeah. media face, um, yeah, ambassador exactly. type stuff. Yeah, exactly. I was basically, um, kind of like seeing what this person was doing from afar and they were um, they were doing it for years, but I felt like they were doing a poor job as far as how much more potential they had, and they didn't realize it. Um, so I seen an opportunity there, and then that's where it was kind of like, hey, you know, do you mind if we talk about this? And um, of course, they they said, well, sure, you know, what do you what do you got? And and then I kind of went through the plan of what I seen, um, and. Um, and that person was excited because now they can do what they love to do and not do what they don't love doing, which is marketing and funnel building and list building and, and all that stuff. And, um, 
it's just to me, it's the perfect marriage in a sense in a relationship for a business because I don't have time to do all that other stuff, nor do I want to do that stuff because I'm I'm involved in so many other things. Um, and um, you know, I'm able to work on things that I really enjoy. And the other cool thing is, is I get to kind of report on this whole almost like a case study, right? So I get to kind of show like the the play by play, like, you know, okay, so phase one of this brand and how it came about. And then from there, what we're doing to find what products we want and then how are we going to get the word out? And then how are we going to launch them? What platforms? Um, how did we build the list? Um, you know, like we, we built a list in this, in this brand already without even having products. Like we, we, we built a list of over 5,000 people in this, in this market of raving fans that I know are going to be ready and lined up to buy our first product. Um, we, we, we actually had a, a Kindle book written already for this market and we launched that Kindle book and we drove it to almost the top 100 in all of free Kindle books for three days. Um, just because we had an email list of 5,000 people. Um, wow. so yeah, so I'm just super excited about it, but yeah, that's kind of how it kind of came about. It was like, I seen, and, and anyone that sees someone like you might be at a party, you might be just online, you might see someone that's doing really good things or has a huge following, but they're not monetizing it or they have no idea how to do it. And then that's a great way for you to step in and go, let me help you with this. And if I do, do you want to be 50, 50 partners? Like that's to me, that's like a huge asset for you because if you can do that, you're going to separate yourself amongst your competition like crazy. Because oh, yeah. you know, you're able to build an audience, a loyal audience, a following that will basically buy anything that you put out or recommend it to other people. Like whether they buy or not, they're gonna recommend I've had people that say, Scott, you know, I don't need your 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 information because I'm not into that. I'm I'm into something else, but I found your podcast and I loved it, you know, because I just like listening to you. But I'm gonna recommend you to three of my friends. You know what I mean? Like that's how it works. You know, you just you build that audience and then they'll help to promote you and your stuff. Oh, that's awesome. So this, this person that's going to be the kind of the face man of yep. this company or woman, um, you yep. found them just uh, completely just like by looking at social media or is this someone you actually knew personally or did you yeah. just saw, see their content online? How'd that, how'd that work? Yeah. Well, I, I basically found them, um, through my move. Um, and as I was moving, I kind of, um, started to create a relationship because I was moving for, for those of you that don't know, I moved from upstate New York to South Carolina. And, um, during that move, we had a lot of back and forth and stuff and a lot of communications with people here. And then just one thing led to another, um, uh, a person that was helping us with the move. Um, I actually struck up that conversation cause then I think maybe, Maybe I seen that they posted something um, about the the area or about maybe how to get through a move or something like that. I I forget. But um, and then that turned into um, a communication online and then um, into a Skype call and then to, you know, video chats and all that stuff. So that's kind of how it led. So it did, if I if I never was going to move to South Carolina, I probably never would have found that connection. So, again, oh. one of those, you know, one of those things. Right. Like. It, and if you go back and listen to my episode 300, you see every single thing that I've done has led me to where I am because of a certain situation or a moment that, that it happened. Um, so it's pretty, it's pretty awesome to kind of go back and retrace your steps. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. You always got to have your eyes open. You never know when those opportunities totally. are going to present themselves. Totally. Um, so how long would you say at this point that you spend daily working? 
Um, okay. Again, it depends on what you classify as work. Um, <laughs> I really don't feel like what I'm doing is work. I love doing this stuff. Like you and I right now, this is technically work for me, right? I'm not spending time with my family. Um, this is work, right? We'll consider but, for the sake of this, we'll consider the TAS podcast work. Yeah. Yeah. The TAS podcast, very simple. Um, I schedule that out. So basically on Mondays is kind of like my pre prep day for my Tuesday, which is themed, I theme my days. So, um, my, my, my Tuesday is really my record day. Um, now today we're doing an interview, um, on a Wednesday and that's usually what I'll leave that day open for is like, and I say the day it's usually between nine and noon is my block of time. And I'll take breaks. I just got back from a walk before I got on with you that I took a walk. And while I was on that walk, I did a periscope. So I took my periscope followers with me on a walk and we talked about sponsored ads and, hijackers and all kinds of stuff. Right. But I took them on a walk with me cause I wanted to get exercise and I wanted to, uh, to kind of get ready for this interview. Um, Love it. so yeah, I mean, I guess work for me. Um, and that's what some people say, like when you retire, what do you, I'm like, I'm not, I'm retired. <laughs> and I'm, this is what I'm going to do when I'm retired. I'm going to travel. I'm going to speak. I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to help people. I'm going to hopefully inspire even young kids. Like my son is already talking, like he wants to eventually, um, help young kids that don't think that they can be successful because they don't have the skill set or whatever. Like so, so many cool things that I can see happening in the future that retirement for me is just more fun for doing what I'm already doing. Um, just spreading it even further and building more, you know, brands and helping people build brands and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I would say work. How much time do I work? It's it's really hard to say, but I do schedule out that time that I don't do anything other than focus on time with the family or volleyball or you know if my if my daughter's visiting my my 21 year old just visited with her fiance and I blocked out pretty much everything for those three days. So I didn't do anything for those three days. I mean a couple emails here and there, but pretty much anything like this I didn't do. I kind of batched all my stuff so I was prepared before they got in town. Oh, that's awesome. So, so it kind of varies. And, and if you yep. were to remove things like podcasting or periscoping or mm-hmm. you know, that kind of th- stuff, if you're, if you're talking about just maybe dealing with your supplier or dealing with a VA or something, yeah, um, it sounds like it's only maybe a couple hours. Yeah, if that. I mean, honestly, I have a meeting. See, now I've, I've got someone that I'm working in that test brand that I said that I, I helped him get set up. And now he's kind of running that. Um, and I'm kind of like the the advisor in a sense. Um, I meet with him on Mondays, every Monday at 11 o'clock. Um, and we go over what happened the week before and what we have coming up. And now he does a lot of that reaching out to the suppliers, the sourcing and stuff like that. So that kind of took that off my plate. So really it's about a meeting. So really I'll have, I'll sit down, I'll have a meeting for an hour and I'll discuss anything that, that he has for me that I need to address in order for him to move forward. So that's really it. And then right now I'm kind of going through this whole sponsored ads or sponsored product ads stuff. And we just kind of did this whole week is themed around actually the time that this is recording. It won't be, but we're doing a whole week where we're talking about sponsored ads and, um, for Amazon. So I'm, I've been really consumed in that. So I've been in my account more just playing and just setting up new campaigns and seeing what happens and looking at my old data and pulling in search term reports and stuff like that. So this week is actually more than usual, but even still at that, no more than an hour. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I want people, and if I could be so bold, even the TIS community, just to yeah. realize, you know, just, just how, how little time, you know, in the course of, you know, a whole 24 hour day, how little time is actually needed to, to mm. run, you know, one of these businesses, you know, it's not an 18 hour a day hustle. No, no. 
And I think that's something that a lot of people, they just they think that if they're going to start a side business, even an online business, and especially a physical products business where you're dealing with suppliers and shipping and all that stuff, that it's going to be this like 10, 12, 14-hour thing all day, every day, weekends, and it's it's just not. It's just not. Yeah. And, and I think, though, in the beginning stages when you're first getting your brand going, it will take more time. Like Absolutely. that's normal, right? Like your product research is going to take more time. Your sourcing to find the right suppliers is going to take time. Uh, communicating with maybe a freight forwarder going to take a little bit more time. But once you've been through it and once that product or products are up, now it's a matter of maintaining. Right. Um, and then maybe thinking about the next suite of products. But honestly, when you when you do create like a brand – the next products become easier to find because then you're just going to launch relevant products to that brand. Um, the open brand is a little bit tougher for us. I don't even say tougher. It makes it a little bit looser, but it's where you could launch new products every single day because it's, it's an open brand. It's multiple different types of markets. Um, but our, our whole philosophy there is really how can we test five different markets all at once and see the one that sticks really well and then go really deep with that one. Um, that's really the plan moving forward. Right, right. And and so for the workload, it's really, I agree, it's kind of more front-loaded. But no, totally. a lot of that is learning the process, right? Learning yep. and tools. Learning. And, yeah. Yep. yep. Awesome. And again, you're, you're learning, though. I, I think we should highlight that. I mean, what people don't realize is, like, they'll launch a product, and it might not do as well as they did. But what did you learn through that process? You learned how to source a product. You learned how to get it here. You learned about customs. You learned about packaging. You learned about FNSQs and UPCs. And you learned about all that stuff. You've been through it now. So now the next one's going to be a whole lot easier. Yeah, you know? I totally agree. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. Um, so before we kind of branch off from this, I just have one more question about that. Sure, and it's, sure. Um, and it's to, to kind of tell everyone how you how you built that that first FBA brand from nothing. You know, this, this was going yeah. back a few years, right? So it's just a concept in your head, maybe, yeah. or maybe even before that concept. How'd you build that from just a just an idea into what it is today? I was I was pretty much I was pretty much where everyone is right now. That's starting. Like I I had no idea. Um, actually, the first product I was thinking about launching, I was I was literally like like really really close to launching it, and I changed gears because I wanted to try to go into a brand or a market that I was interested in, right? That I thought that I'd be interested in in the future. Now, does that mean that I have to be that way now? No. The person that maybe I'm building the brand with, I want them to be totally like passionate about it maybe because then they're going to be able to drive that business with content. Um, I think if you can build a, a business around content, I think that's that's always like the best thing that you can do for long term and even exiting if you ever want to. That's a whole nother topic. But um, I started where everyone did and I just, I really didn't know what direction I wanted to go. And then I settled on it. And then from there I did it the hard way though. They didn't have tools like jungle scout. So I basically went out and I looked at, you know, the, the first page of results for this one product. And then I just, I took a spreadsheet and I took all the, the ASINs and I copied them in or the links so I could go back to them every day. And then I would look at the BSR and then I would look at the, at the, uh, the reviews, I'd look at, you know, how many sales I estimated they were making. And that I would do by using the nine, nine, nine trick, um, which is basically just seeing how much inventory they had in from one day to the next. Um, and then I would just record that stuff and look at it for seven to 14 days. And I, and that's what I did. Um, and then I launched the product very similar to how I do it today. Um, with the exception that I, I think I gave away a hundred units when I first launched that. Um, and now I, I literally don't even do that. Um, I mean, I'll allow a hundred units for promotions, but I won't give them away. Um, it'll be more like a discount or, um, or maybe I'll just drive a lot of pay-per-click to them really, really fast. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, I wish I could make it sound like more intense, but it was literally like <laughs> everything that I talk about. It's like I went out there and I looked at a market that was that I knew wasn't trending, you know, down. It was trending like even or up. Um, and I knew it was going to be around for a long time. And then it was something that people needed and it was something that people wanted and it was going to better their life. And like, just so I felt good about it. Now, again, if I was to go back and pick that product over, I probably wouldn't pick that product. I just, you know, and I guess the next question would be, well, why? Well, because it's an easy product for a lot of people to source. So because of that, I, I, I either have to find a way to make it more unique or I have to, you know, when I go looking for it, it's harder for me to find. And I think that's a tip for anyone. If you can go on Alibaba and find that exact product and all you're going to do is take that product and then resell it, it's probably a bad sign because the next person is going to be able to do the same thing. Um, and in this, in this new brand that we're working with, we're running into right now, it's hard to find certain manufacturers that will build what we want them to build. But once we get it, we're going to be the only ones there basically that's going to sell it. And if you want to sell it, it's going to take you a lot of work to find out how to make it all work. Um, so I would say in the beginning, it was a little bit like me just kind of like, let's just see what happens. And then I just kind of led down that path. Second product I launched wasn't successful at all. Um, it, it only, I think was at the highest, it might've sold like five a day and then it might've dwindled down to like three a day. And then I ended up liquidating it and then I just got out from under it. Um, it wasn't a huge deal. Um, and then the third product had four, no, let's see, four SKUs. And that one still sells today on a regular basis. Um, and that one did well. And then, um, I've got another product in there that we dabbled in the supplement world. And, um, and then, uh, that one there, uh, we're still selling about five a day, but it's one I'm probably going to phase out. I'm not really, I'm not excited about it. And I'm also seeing that it's going to be a huge up uphill battle to stay on top. Um, and I don't really have a brand. Like when I decided to get into that brand, I had a guy that I thought was going to help drive that brand and that fell through. Um, so one of those things, you know what I mean? So I learned from it. I'm still making money. I'm making about, I don't know, 13, 14 bucks, uh, a, a sale. And I sell about five a day on a regular basis. I'm going to liquidate them once they're done and we'll, we'll move on, you know, we'll just recoup the money. Wow. Okay. So that's, yeah. I mean, it is just like you described. Um, yeah. Just follow yeah. the process, right? <laughs> just, just follow the process. And you know, some people will say, well, isn't it, wasn't it easier back then? Yeah, it was a little bit easier, but it doesn't mean that it's impossible now. It just means you, you have to just do a little bit more digging a little bit deeper and, um, and try to make the product better. Like right. that's the whole secret, right? Read the reviews of what people are saying that they wish it had or, or that it that wish it did and make yours do that and then sell against your competitors. Like it's that simple and have good packaging. I think packaging is another thing that I would do differently if I was to launch over from, from scratch, you know, back in the day, I think I would have spent more on packaging. Um, and the reason is, is cause then again, it makes your product look more legit. It looks like it's, it looks like it came off the shelf. And if someone wants to give it away as a gift, it's possible. It's not just coming in a plastic bag. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I so. agree. I think, um, the biggest thing out of everything you just described is not picking something that is right up front on the Alibaba homepage, yep. <laughs> you know, yep. uh, picking something that's, um, very, very difficult to find a, a supplier yep. to build. Yeah, definitely. But that doesn't mean that you can't look at that one product that's similar to your product or that is related. And then from you to say, okay, I know they make these types of products. Maybe they'll make the thing I want. And then that'll lead you to that factory that then you can have your customized thing made. 
Um, it's again for you just to know that the, that company makes garlic presses. They might make, you know, this certain kitchen device that you want, right? But it's not on Alibaba. Right, right. right. And so it leads you to the supplier. Um, okay, so you've got. I mean, you're obviously a subject matter expert in this area, at least what I would consider a subject matter expert. You've been doing this for so long. Um, how has being a parent impacted not just this business, but all the businesses that you've grown from scratch? Um, okay, so let me just understand the question. So, how has been a parent? How has that impacted like my decisions for starting businesses? I would and say stuff? decisions, your ability to um, like flirt with risk financially, yeah. you know, energy wise. Oh yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so. Number one, to me, once I left my father's business when I was in the, I was in the construction business with him, I was worked there for about eight years, working 60 plus hours. That's what actually got me wanting to create my own business because I wanted my own schedule. Um, and he had a partner. It was a bad, it was an ugly marriage. It was terrible. Um, and I also learned a lot about business and I also learned that I didn't want to have a partner. But anyway, um, so um, basically what I wanted to do was create a lifestyle business so because of that, it made me see, you know, that my kids are very important to me. I want to spend time with them. So how can I take and create a time schedule that fits around that? So what would that look like? Well, if I'm a photographer, I'm able to create my own schedule. Um, I can say we only take sessions at nine o'clock in the morning because we drop the kids off at eight. And then we're good up till two o'clock. And then at, you know, between two and five or six, we don't do anything. And then from six to seven, we might do one session outside because the lighting was perfect at that time. Um, you know what I mean? Like, so that was kind of how we structured that. So having kids, you know, it, I, it made us have to figure out a schedule and then we built everything around that. So to me, that's what really got me, you know, kind of like figuring out the schedule thing and the lifestyle as far as taking risk. Like once I started, the, it was funny because when I left my father's business, I think I had about, gosh, maybe about $5,000 in the bank. That was it. So <laughs> like, I was literally like, you know what? I'm just going for it. But we had already built our photography business on the side. We were doing a little side hustle and we knew that we were approaching, I left in November, um, and we were approaching our busy season, which was, which was Christmas because that's when everyone comes for family photos and all that stuff. And, um, you know, so I was taking a risk because I knew I was leaving and I knew my father wanted to leave too. He wanted to, to kind of get out of that business. So I knew that I was going to kind of relieve a little bit of pressure from him. But from there, it was scary, right? I'm like, what do I do, man? I'm like, what if this thing doesn't work? I got 5,000 in the bank. I think we're going to get, you know, I think we've got enough customers to help us get through. And we did, but I always had the backup little safety net that if it doesn't work, I'll just go back and I'll just not, not to my father's business, but I'll just go do some construction. There's always work to be done there. I was a good contractor. I knew all facets of the business. So I could go remodel a kitchen. I could go do a bathroom over. I could go do a deck, whatever I can make money. Um, so the risk wasn't really there. I was a little nervous just cause I didn't want to have to do that, but it, it wasn't really like I was like losing sleep over it. I was excited because I was going to be able to work from home. Um, and I think that was the most exciting thing. So I think to answer your question, I think I did is the, the kids really motivated me to want to create my own schedule and the risk side of things to me, there was no option. So there wasn't really risk cause I had a backup plan. How many kids did you have at the time when you left your construction business? Two. I had, my son was only two and my daughter was four, I think. Wow. Um, I think they're two years apart. Yeah. Um, no, three years. Yeah, about two and a half years apart. Yeah. So, yeah. So they were young. And I think my son actually, was he two? Yeah, he was just about two. So it was young. Yeah. And um, 
And I think it's funny too, even looking back at it, um, when we would finish our photography fourth quarter, like our, all of our sessions that we would take normally, we would probably have about 10 to 12,000 in the bank to carry us through the next month or two because, you know, business slowed down after that because people were done to get their pictures taken. And we were, we thought we were living large. We were like, <laughs> this is awesome. Like we just, we knocked this all out. We had our lifestyle business. We knocked all this work out. People are happy. They got their pictures for Christmas. They're giving away as gifts. And now we get to basically just kind of hang, hang loose. And again, I mean, hang loose. We are still marketing our business and still updating our website and figuring out ways that we can maybe get, you know, customers in before Easter and stuff like that. But we didn't have to, right? We had a little bit of cushion in the bank, but you still had that thought of, well, what if we don't get customers coming back in for Easter? Well, that, that 10 grand is only going to last so long. Right. So, so you've got two kids, you've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and you've got yep. enough money to get you through a couple months after Christmas. Yep. Um, this is you and your wife, both of you, yep. your primary source of income. Primary. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so how did you deal with that? Uh, at, at night when you're, when you're talking in your kids yeah. and you're, you're wondering, oh man, if I don't get any clients, yeah. you know, what are we going to do in three months to, yeah, you, you, you try not to, you try not to think about that, but in the same breath as an entrepreneur, I'm always thinking of ways that I can supplement my income even back then. So going back to that day, and I've talked about this on episode 300, but I'll revisit it is, you know, I started dabbling on eBay. I started to, uh, we, we seen that they, you know, that they, they were selling things on eBay, uh, things that, you know, little, little trinkety things and stuff. And, um, I think we put up something that we had laying around the house and it sold. And that was like, holy crap, this thing works. You can actually sell stuff online. And my wife was at the Christmas tree shop. There's a Christmas tree shop. I don't know if they have them where you are, but it's, it's, a, oh, they it's do. a, yeah, yeah they, they don't sell just Christmas stuff. It's just like a, a whole barrage of just different stuff. And they had these little wooden, wooden cedar bridges. They were about four foot bridges that people would put in their gardens. And we seen they were, they were, you could purchase them for 25 and they were selling on eBay for 140 bucks. So we ended up buying two of them. We sold them like literally like in like three days. And then we went back and bought 20 more. And, uh, and at the time, just to mention too, we were putting our kids through private school, um, cause we wanted them to go to a private school because our school system and our, where we were living wasn't the best. Um, so we put them in private school. So that was costing us. So this actually helped supplement our private schooling to take a little bit of that weight off of us. And, uh, so then after that, we just kind of tried to keep doing that. I think we did that for a good six months and we just kept buying like 10 more, 15 more. And then, uh, and then eventually other people started doing it and drove the price down and then people were selling it for like 50 bucks and then we just stopped doing it. Um, but then again, being an entrepreneur, I'm like, what other things do my customers want in the photography space? They keep asking me for video transfers or doing 50th wedding anniversaries or doing slideshows for that or a graduation or old eight millimeter film transfers. So I'm like, Hmm, maybe I should start offering this service. So what did I do? I started offering the service and then I turned that into a side, a side revenue. I actually had a car lettered. Um, I had a car lettered with our video transfer, uh, name on it, you know, by our, our brand. So we basically had our main brand and this was a sub brand off of our main brand. And I drove that thing all around. I'd get stopped in the parking lot when I was getting groceries. Hey, do you transfer this kind of stuff? I was like, yep, I do. Here's a card. And then I'd get business that way. I'd go to, um, home shows and I'd set up a little shop there with my, my video transfer stuff. And I knew nothing about it. I just knew I was in that business and my customers wanted it. It was another, another, uh, you know, extension of, of our photography. And that really did well. That was, I think that probably did 40, $50,000 a year once I got that thing rolling. Wow. Um, 
But here's the here's the side thing, and you know maybe I mean your audience probably doesn't know, my audience probably already does know. But then I started seeing that there was accessories being built for this business that I needed, and one of them was a transfer station to transfer old film, reel to reel film, and um and I bought one. It cost like twelve fifteen hundred dollars at the time, and and I noticed all it was was like a reconditioned old film unit that was just converted to process this type of film. And so I kind of reverse engineered it and I started building them and selling them on eBay for like 900 bucks. <laughs> and so I would build one or two of those a week. And, and, uh, and I think I paid maybe 150, 200 bucks for all the parts to make it happen. But again, having my construction background helped me with that. Cause I knew how to kind of put things together and figure things out like that. So, and that there, and I know the number on that one there, that the first year that I started doing that, we generated about $50,000 in, in sales on eBay. Wow. It was that, I have to ask that when you, I have so many questions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, all right. You had a couple of months between Christmas and, you know, maybe yeah. Easter timeframe. Um, you had obviously some excess time to think about yeah. ways to generate income and you maybe came up with some of these things like selling on eBay and yeah. doing some other stuff and trying to find other sources of, of, um, of income through your photography business. Yeah. When did this, uh, this reel to reel transfer thing happened? When did you build those and sell those? Yeah, that was probably about when I was getting into the eight millimeter. I started with doing slideshows. I started just taking people's um, pictures, four by sixes or three by fives, and I'd scan them and then put them into a slideshow, put music and transitions and all that stuff. And then um, I started looking into how to transfer eight millimeter film because I had people ask about it. And I noticed a company near us was doing it and they were they were pretty successful um, in doing that. And they were charging so much a foot to transfer that film. And um, and then I started looking for that device. And then once I started looking for that device and I bought it and I was expecting it to be like a new machine from like a factory. And all it was was a reconditioned thing that someone bought and modified. And I'm like, all right, well, I can do this. Let me let me build one and see if I can actually build one and see if it works. And then if it does, I'll try to sell one on eBay. And that was it like that. And then it was game over. And then I was just like telling my wife, I'm like, I'll build one of these a week, you know, and we'll make an extra 600 bucks a week. You know, wow, that's and awesome. Just, and that's basically what I did. And funny story on that, the film, the, the, the transfer place that was my competitor actually reached out to me and then had me start transferring their film for them. So wow. I did all of their eight millimeter film now. So then they would call me once a week. I'd go pick up a big giant box with a whole bunch of jobs and then I would transfer them. I'd give them a discount and then they would upcharge their customer and they, they might make, I might charge 25 cents a foot. They would charge, um, they, I, I would charge them, you know, 10 or whatever, you know. That's awesome. So, yeah. okay. So this is going on for some period of time, years, I'm guessing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we were probably doing that for at least seven. Oh, wow. Seven, okay. Thousand. Yeah. Five so, to seven, seven years. So this is a really good segue into my next question. So y your wife and yourself, neither one of you are working, you know, a traditional nine to five job at this point. Yep. Your kids are getting older and yep. they're kind of you know around and you're around. And um, how did being an entrepreneur and finding all these different sources of income and running your own business or businesses, how did that, uh, how did your, your kids take to that? And how did being an entrepreneur affect or impact the family dynamics at home? Well, it, it, it was, it was pretty cool actually how it all kind of went down now that I look back at it, but because now it's starting to actually show itself, like you don't realize when a kid, I mean, we all know kids listen, right? They listen to everything we say. We don't even realize that what we're saying and we're influencing them every single day, like right. every day we're influencing them in some way, good or bad. Right. So that's why you got to be careful. Um, you know, I mean, even growing up, my father never swore in front of me. 
And my uncle used to swear in front of us kids all the time. And I thought my uncle was cool because he swore in front of me, <laughs> but my father never did. Now that I look back and I, I don't swear in front of my kids, um, at least now my, my older kids, you know, will maybe exchange a few, you know, a few fun words here and there, but, <laughs> uh, but my, my nine-year-old, no, you know, and right. I just think there's, there's a time for that. And so I've, I've kind of learned that from my father that, you know, you, you should, you know, kind of keep that down. Um, to, to show yourself as an example. Um, but now that we've kind of been through the cycle already a couple times, my 18 year old and my 21 year old, it's really interesting to see how they're doing. My daughter, who's 21, um, she didn't want to go to college, you know, and I didn't go to college. So it was kind of like, well, do, what do I do? I know it's kind of like in society, it's the right thing to do, but do I make her go to college? And, um, she just fought us on it a little bit. I mean, didn't fight us, but she was kind of resisting it. And, and like, you know, not really wanting to do that. So we started to kind of ex explore, like, what do you want to do? And she started, and she was always into hair and makeup and all that stuff. So we started looking into Paul Mitchell school, which was near us at the time. And we sent her to Paul Mitchell school. It was a 10 month program. And then they get her trained and then they, uh, they send her off on her way. Well, most students leave there and they go work at like, uh, you know, express hair place or Sam's cut or something like that. Well, she kind of took from our advice and as far as us talking about like in photography, like you want to be a middle to an upper tier. You don't want to go after the low, you know, the low tier because then you're going to be the Walmarts and, you know, the Sears of photography. You don't want to be that in that. So where can you make a good living as a hairdresser or as, uh, you know, a makeup artist or anything like that? And it's weddings. So she basically went out there and built herself a nice little business. And I think her first year she did just about $40,000, um, in, in, uh, sales, um, doing, uh, basically bridal, uh, you know, like updos and all these different hairstyles and makeup and bridal parties and all that stuff. And, um, and built her business from scratch from using social media and using, uh, building a little email list and doing Facebook ads and all that stuff that she's seen and heard from just casual conversations that I had with my wife. Wow, right. That's incredible. So us talking in the minivan, you know, back in the day, like driving to an event and I'm talking about something that I'm working on as we're in the car, they're listening, right? Even though I think that they might not be interested, they're still listening. Um, it's funny, my nine-year-old just the other day, because we've been talking a lot about retail arbitrage lately because we have our 1K Fast Track class, and my daughter, actually my daughter uh, Alexis, who is the, the older daughter, the 21-year-old, she's actually doing retail arb right now as a side hustle. And um, and they're, they're doing really well, her and her fiance. And my youngest daughter, she put, she picked up something in the store. She goes, Dad, what do you think? Could we retail arb this? And, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, she's listening. Right. So, you know what I mean? Like, I just think that people need to understand that what you're doing is also educating um, and giving them a life lesson through your good, you know, your good times and your bad times. Uh, my son, um, he really made me proud the other day because he was talking to a friend of his that was struggling with what to do. And he started talking about, you know, don't worry about where you're going to go right now. Just worry about creating your story. And the story will take you to where you want to go because later you'll be able to share that and help people. And I'm thinking, well, where did he hear that? You know, <laughs> and and uh, and now he's talking about like, you know, uh, he just talked the other day about, you know, like when I get older, um, I, it was funny. We just had a heartfelt conversation the other day because he's he's kind of struggling. He's in, in college. He's not struggling, you know, with grades. He's just struggling with where he wants to be, what he wants to do. And 
he's, he came out and he goes, uh, he goes, dad, I, I just, when I get older, I want to be able to do what you did. I want to be able to, to coach my son or my, my daughter's like, you know, team. I want to be able to go to all those events. I, I want to be able to work from home. Um, when I want to, I want to be able to have that schedule. And I'm like, Oh, so you're saying I did a pretty good job. He goes, yeah, I think I, I would love to, to be like you. And I was like, it kind of choked me up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> to hear that. I'm like, damn, that's pretty good. You know? And, um, and, uh, so he's right now, he's like, you know, I want to be able to work on something that I'm excited about and he's into basketball and he's into sneakers and all that stuff. So I'm like, go for it, man. Just go out there and just start creating some really good, you know, resources or content around that space. And eventually, you know, something will come from that and just understand that you're investing in the process. You're not investing necessarily in making money right now. And he gets it, you know, he gets it. It's not about making a million dollars in two years. It's about, you know, getting out there, getting experience, getting results. And then from there, if you want to share them, then everything will come back to you. Um, and, uh, and just doing something that you're really, you know, you're really excited about. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, just like I said, it's really starting to come full circle right now where I'm starting to see all different aspects of it now that they're kind of getting out there in the world. That's awesome. Do you think that if you stayed, um, either in your old, construction business with your dad or, or even if you went back to construction, you know, after that photography venture, uh, do you think that your, uh, your, your children would, would be who they are today? I really don't. I mean, I don't, you, you can't say for sure. Um, but I really don't because I don't think we would have been talking necessarily about that. If anything, they would have been hearing about partnerships and us complaining about, you know, this worker, you know, because a lot of it was, a lot of our problems in that business, in the construction business was it was, it was my father and his partner. And then our families getting involved. So now all of a sudden you got, well, this person is, you know, just started working and they're making the same that this person's making, you know, and this person gets to do this, but this person doesn't get to do this. You know, this person uh, wants more time off and then we got to give this person time off. So I think that they would have heard all of those arguments about what we were complaining about versus what we're excited about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I truly do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's awesome. And, and also, you know, the things about, uh, that you were saying about being home, you know, at times of the day when most parents who work nine to five jobs are not home, yeah. you know, yeah. you're there to coach your kids, um, yep. soccer or basketball or whatever. Yep. Uh, that's one of my primary whys also is, um, my son plays hockey and okay. I can coach at night. I can coach on the weekends. I can't coach at 4:30 practice every single day, and um, you know that's something that I absolutely want to be around for as much as possible. Yeah. And I know that that's a huge uh, component for a lot of people, a huge you know reason for them, a huge why, you know, one of the many whys. Absolutely. So that, that, that's really awesome, and I'm I'm huge. really happy for your um, for your kids. That's really insightful stuff that your son <laughs> your son said. That's really cool. Yeah, no, it was amazing, and I was blown away. I actually got goosebumps when he when he told me uh, a few. I mean, he he elaborated even deeper, and obviously, we don't have time to go into that story. But it was just very, very um, touching, and it was it showed me he was a very mature kid for his age. A lot of kids his age are going out and they want to hit the next party, and um, and he's talking about like ways that he can get started and start his story now uh, on the right track, and you know, it was pretty it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, well, so I know this, this interview is getting a little long you know, we're up to about an hour. Um, honestly, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> such a cool guy. Uh, but, uh, I just have a couple more questions. Sure. Um, what would you say was the hardest part about making that leap from your construction job to being an entrepreneur? Um, 
I mean, honestly, even looking back at it, it, it wasn't like a hard, hard thing. I think it was number one, I felt a little bit like I was leaving my father, but he, he told me it was cool. Like him and I had a lot of conversations, um, about me wanting to leave and he was happy for me. And I think also because then it took pressure off of him to not have to try to keep that business afloat because of me. Uh, if you think about it, he had to have pressure on him to say, you know, I need to keep this business running. So my son's, you know, family is taken care of. Like, and that's got to be a burden. So, um, that was one thing I just didn't want to let him down and leave him there. Um, which he, he told me like, Scott, go man, it's good. And then like, literally three months later, like him and his biz or him and his partner parted ways. So it literally, after I left, it kind of gave him the okay to leave. Um, so, you know, I would say the hardest part for me was, was that just feeling like, am I going to be able to, or, or is he going to be cool with it? And then the other part was, is am I really going to be, be able to make this work? Because part of me leaving before we even started that photography business, like I sat down with my wife and I'm like, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to keep up at this pace. Like I'm going 60 plus hours a week. I built a house in 11 months on the side, um, while I was working 60 plus hours a week. Um, and that's when I just had my daughter and, um, I just said to her, I'm like, there's got to be a better way. Like I, I don't see any growth potential as far as like, unless I can own the business one day, which if I did, do I really want it? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, what is there? There's a, there's some, there's some company trucks and there's some debt. Like, you know what I mean? There's like a lot of, a lot of debt in the business for a product that needs to be purchased and, you know, problems and partnerships and all that stuff. Um, so, uh, I think the hardest part though, is just believing in myself that I could do something other than be a contractor. Um, and I think we semi proved it when we did it part time in the photography space, but I didn't really know if it was going to be enough to support us. Um, but I had that safety net in place that I could always do side work if I had to. Um, but I think that would be the hardest part. And, and in any business, it's always the doubt of the unknown, right? It's always the uncertainty. Um, I mean, I mean, I've been, I've talked about this starting the podcast was kind of like, I want to start this thing, but is anybody even going to listen? Am I wasting my time? Am I really going to be able to help people? Dad, does anybody care? Now, if I never did that, I, I wouldn't be here talking to you and I wouldn't be impacting thousands of people through the podcast. Um, the, the FBA business, uh, I wouldn't have did that unless I took a chance and said, let me give this thing a shot and see what happens. And having my wife coach me and basically say, you know, through the times that I'm doubting myself to be the one to say, no, nah, you got this. I mean, you know, what, what's the worst that's going to happen? So I had a good a good cheerleader. Um, my, my wife's a huge supporter in what I do and what we do. Um, so I think the, the biggest thing is just always the doubt in the unknown, but I always create those little safety nets. You know, it's kind of like, well, if it doesn't work, then this, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, I still got my family. I still got my wife. Um, you know, I've still got, you know, my support group, uh, of people, you know, so, you know, I think it's always the uncertainty of the unknown. I think that's the biggest thing for me and a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. Um, Okay, so I just have one more question. Okay. And it, this is a perfect segue for that. Okay. Um, so I want you to imagine yourself for a second at okay. a, a podium or on a stage or something. You're in front of a vast room, like this huge room, and full of parents, right? People who are out there, they're dying to pursue their entrepreneurial path and create the lifestyle that they really, really want. Basically do what you were able to successfully do. And they feel mm -hmm. like they can't because of the energy, time, finance, responsibilities, all the things that come with being a parent, you know, working. Uh, they're all looking up at you, Scott, right? They're looking for wisdom. I'm nervous, man. You're nervous. You're, That's you're okay. making me nervous. That's okay. No. <laughs> you're, you're allowed to be nervous. You're allowed to be nervous. Uh, what would you tell them? Yeah, what would I tell them? Okay, I did think about this a little bit because I wanted to kind of give the best advice that I could give. Um, 
And I think the very first thing that I would say is number one, number one thing is you need to establish your why. Before you can do anything, you have to, you have to know what you're doing it for, right? So before you can ever figure out a plan to make that happen, you got to understand the why. So I would take time. I would tell that audience, listen, go take a, paper, a pad of paper and write a list of why you want, you know, or what, what you want as far as what you want to do this for. Like, who is it for? What is the experience? What is the lifestyle? Like, what is it? Like, create that perfect day, that perfect week, that perfect month. If you could, if you could create that and there's, you can snap your fingers and it would happen. What would that be and why? Why would that, you know, a lot of people, they, they start off with, I want to make a million dollars. Why? <laughs> Why do you want to make a million dollars? Like, so a million dollars is going to make you happy. Why? Right. And then they're going to say, well, because I wouldn't have to work. Okay. Why would not working be good for you? Well, cause I could spend more time with my family. Good. What do you want to do with your family? I want to go on vacation at least once a year. Where? I want to go to Florida and visit my family. Cool. What do you want to do when you're at Florida? Like, so Go deep inside and ask yourself questions upon questions to really get a clear picture of why you're doing it. And then have pictures. Uh, and I know that sounds kind of woo-woo-y, but it's kind of like have pictures of your family or the why that you're trying to achieve to remind you on a regular basis. Because a lot of times you're going to get involved with this stuff and you're going to get discouraged and then you're going to say, why do I do this? And you're going to go, oh, I remember why. This is why. Right? So to me, that that's a big one. And a lot of people, they, they kind of glaze over that because – you know, they don't think that's important. They think about, okay, give me the plan to get to making, you know, $10,000 a month. Like that's what I want. Cause that's going to make my life perfect. And let me just tell you, when you do get there, you're going to also find there's another struggle awaiting for you, or there's another thing you're going to strive for. And it doesn't matter what level you get to. You're, you're always going to have struggles. You're always going to have the next thing. Um, you're always going to say, okay, once I get this one task done, I'll be able to relax. And the thing is, if you don't allow yourself to relax, you won't relax. It's just the way it works. Um, but anyway, so I would say that. And then I would say the other thing is now figure out what's the number, okay? What's the number, financial number that you need to live your life or that life that you created, okay? So what is that number? Like right now you might say, man, if I could take home $2,000 a week, I mean, that's, you know, eight grand a month. That's a, that's decent wage. Like if that's what it is, okay, cool. Now we got it right now. We've got that number, right? Or let, let's make it easy. A thousand dollars a week. That's $52,000 uh, a year. So we, I want to make 52,000. That would make my life easy. And I could then enjoy my life and, and go after my why and just really have a great life. Cool. Now we know that number. So now we got to create a plan to go and get that number, right? So there's a couple of different vehicles that you can do this. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Now, the way that we're talking about here, because it's my show and, and, and your, your show, people may know about Amazon and FBA and all that stuff, and maybe not. But I would say use Amazon FBA, and FBA is fulfilled by Amazon, depending on who's listening to this that might not know what that is. And that's where you're allowing Amazon to do a lot of the work for you. They're doing all of the all of the fulfillment, all of the customer service, all of the refunds, all of that stuff they're doing. So this way here, you don't have to. A lot of people want to start a brand new website because they have a great idea for a product or a brand, but it takes a lot of work to get that stuff set up, to get traffic, to get all that stuff. I like to tap into existing platforms or markets. So this way here, we can kind of cut down on that time. So I would use Amazon FBA. Um, 
And, uh, and I would, if, if you don't want to use FBA or as far as your own private label product, then I would do retail arbitrage right now. Literally we had a, a 1k fast track group go through 50 people went through and, um, they, it was a six week training. The first week we had them do a pre-challenge, which was basically go through your house and find anything that you have laying around that you are not going to use that you're going to throw out or that you're going to donate. And I want you to sell it or list it on eBay tomorrow. And we did that. And within one week we had $3,500 generated. And basically wow. you got to say that's pretty much profit because these people already own the product, yeah. right? So we were able to kickstart that. So if anybody's out there, like the first thing is, is just do that. You're going to learn the eBay platform. You're going to also get a little bit of that taste of what it feels like to sell something online. Um, and then I would then graduate to Amazon FBA. I would take retail arbitrage stuff. I would buy stuff low and sell it high, find stuff that's in off clearance or, you know, on sale, really deep discounts. And then I would, I would resell that on Amazon. Um, and then that way there, again, you're gonna get your feet wet in the Amazon space. And then you can graduate to private labeling, which is really branding your own products. The other thing to do is depending on your, your skill set or your expertise, you might be able to, you know, create your own personal brand. Like if you're someone right now, that's a coach and you coach, you know, basketball and you're a gym coach, maybe what you need to do is start creating training for coaches. Right. So a lot of people don't realize that things that they're doing right now, they're, they're good. I, there was a guy, I was at a picnic, um, uh, over the summer and he just, he just retired. He was a, he was a gym teacher, a, a phys ed teacher for, you know, 25 years. And he coached at high level baseball and he had training camps every single summer. The thing is he wasn't selling anything online. I'm like, do you realize you could film one of your workshops and then you can turn that into a product and then you can sell accessories. You can sell like hitting instructions and, you know, you know like uh, different devices to help you with your hitting or, or pitching or anything like that. So again, if you're one of the, these people that already has like a skill set that you, you aren't taking advantage of, I would do that. I'd start a personal brand around that. Um, you could be a consultant. If right now you know a lot about a certain thing or a business you can help other people like, you know, like I'm kind of doing with these other brands that I'm partnering with. You may already have something that you're good at that you don't even realize that you could help other people and they'll be willing to pay you for it. So for me, I would just figure out what you could do. That's the easiest to get started, to get revenue coming in the door. So you can start to get momentum. Um, there's a book I love to refer to called the compound effect. And that one, there's a great book because it's all about small little things to get momentum. And once you get momentum, it keeps you moving and it keeps you excited. Um, so that's definitely one. So again, we have to create that plan though. So let's say it's $52,000. That's $1,000, you know, uh, a week. How do we do that? Well, if we're selling on Amazon, we have to then reverse that back. How many products do I have to sell a day? If I'm making $10 a day, uh, or $10 per product, you know, it's a hundred bucks a day. That'd be $3,000 a month. Like, okay, so where is the number? Like, I just got to do the math and then just reverse it back. Um, so that's what I would do there. And again, now when you're doing this process, okay, now if you're doing this process and you start to get results, then eventually if you want to, you could share what you've done with other people and possibly be a consultant or a teacher in that field. So again, everything you're doing right now is to get results to generate revenue so you can live that life that you want so you can get your why. But again, in the future, maybe like my son, the first thing I told him is, listen, go out there and get results either for yourself or for someone else, prove that what you're doing works, generate, generate revenue. And then after that's all done and you've done this consistently, well, now you, you can go out there and help other people with it. And that might turn into a personal brand. So everything we're doing, we're creating that story, but we're also creating the results that we can then share later if we choose to. Um, and then I would create a schedule and I would stick to it. 
Like I would map all that out, the numbers, I would have everything so precise, even though it doesn't have to be 100% if we don't meet them, but I want a plan in place. And then I'm going to create a schedule and I'm usually going to stick to 90 day sprints. So basically I would do, I'd break them up into even 30 days, but 90 day would be like the marker. So I would then, and then I would reevaluate and I would adjust after 90 days. And those goals are going to change. You know, you, a lot of people say, go make your, your one year and your five year goals. That's cool, but you got to be able to, to pivot and adjust through that process. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the last thing is I would say, just believe in yourself, just believe in yourself that you can do it because there's no one out there that's, that's, uh, you know, got something over you because there's, you always have something I'm sure that you don't even realize that you're, you're an expert at, or that you're good at. If you're at a party and people are always asking you advice for something, that's probably a good sign that you know something that they don't know. Right. And, um, you just got to believe in yourself. I mean, I'm a perfect example of not believing in myself. You know, I never would thought that I could do a podcast cause I'm not good at, you know, like English, right. As far <laughs> as like speaking, like I, my, my wife's always like, man, I hope you don't say uh, you know, a word that doesn't make sense. It doesn't really go there. And I'm like, you know what, if it does, it does like, <laughs> I have to take that away from me or else I won't speak. <laughs> right. So it's just, if people don't believe in themselves because they feel as though they don't sound smart or they don't have the education or they don't have the credits, uh, of saying that I was, you know, this, you know, certain, you know, ideal, like student at this certain college or whatever, like, don't worry about any of that stuff. Just go out there, believe in yourself, create all of the things I just went over. And from there, you know, you can create any lifestyle that you want. Like, that's what I would say. That, that is so incredibly powerful, Scott. There were so many different things to take away from that. And I think that um, when I air this, I'm going to recommend that my audience listen to that several times and maybe even take some notes. And I'm going to have yeah. to have some notes in the, in the, uh, the show notes of the podcast because that was, that was incredible. Absolutely. Very inspiring, very motivational. And, um, and it's, it's awesome coming from someone like you who's proved it over and over and over again. So, yeah, it's a, it's a simple formula. It really is now that I look back at it. But if I was listening to this when I was 18, I would have been like, not me, you know, but again, I'm telling you that I was that 18 year old kid that, you know, graduated. And I thought that I was just going to work for my father's company, build that with him and then own that business. And I was going to be successful. And that that didn't happen. Um, but I learned a ton through this process. And as I keep learning, um, I'm going to learn things, you know, tomorrow that I'll be able to share the next day. It's like, but you have to be willing to go out there and learn and, and share and also, you know, admit when things don't work because they don't always work. Um, so yeah, no, th this has been fun, man. And, uh, again, I told you it was going to go in different directions because that's how we roll here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For those who, who are curious, we probably only hit about, uh, 60% of the questions and, but you know, we filled up more time than I expected to. And I actually think that this is leaps and bounds more valuable than if I just rattled off the questions and you provided you know, a quick answer. So that's awesome. You know, these are the best types of interviews. So Scott, sure. thank you so much for your time, man. I really, really, really appreciate this. I got so much out of this and I know my audience and your audience actually are going to get a, a ton of value out of this as well. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, Gordon. And I thank you and I wish you all the, all the success in the future and also keep posted or keep me posted on, on everything that you're doing. It sounds like you're doing awesome and amazing and you have a, a really uh, cool family and you're enjoying that. And I think that's uh, that's top notch stuff right there. So I want to thank you, Gordon. And again, thanks for reaching out because again, you know, People that take action, like you, Gordon, right? You left a voicemail, and then here we are, right? Like, who would have thought, right? Like, yeah. who would have thought that would have happened? But it did, and it just goes to show you that, uh, you know, unless you actually do something, you'll never know the results. You got to get out know. there. No. Two years ago, I never thought I'd be on a podcast talking to you, 
and airing it on my own podcast. So, uh, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, this is this is really cool, and uh, we'll definitely reconnect in the future. And I'd love to to have a conversation about you know, where I've where I'm going and where I've gone uh, since this conversation, and and uh, likewise with your new brands and all the stuff that you got going on. Awesome. Sounds great, Gordon. I, I want to thank you again, and this has been a lot of fun. So take care, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, bud. All right. Take care, Scott. Bye-bye. When I listened to that interview, and after talking to Scott for an hour, which was awesome, by the way, I just, I'm reminded of the first couple times that I listened to his, uh, his webinar and to his podcasts back in 2015 and early 2016. And I just remember how how well Scott was able to break down the process for people who are just starting out. And, uh, and that was, that was extremely helpful. And I think that's one of the things that Scott does really, really well is he takes this, this system that can be intimidating and it can be complicated and it can be complex and he can kind of put it in terms that's easy for your kind of, your every, your every man to just kind of understand. And so that was really cool. And that's, that's one of the things he does really well. And, I think that's one of the reasons that people resonate so well with him, including myself. So I know it was a long interview, but there was a lot of really insightful stuff there. And I hope you guys got a ton of value out of it. Um, If you liked this interview and you think there's someone else that would get value out of listening to this interview with Scott Volker, then please share this with them. And uh, please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or just through the website and the general RSS feed. And if you think that uh, we're doing a good job here, please go ahead and leave a review. I'd really, really appreciate it. And if you wanted to get in touch with Scott, you can head over to his website, which is theamazingseller.com. And if you want to check out um, his episode that had this interview. I don't know if you'd want to listen to it again, but if you want to hear kind of some of his commentary before and after the interview and what his take on it was from his perspective, uh, that was um, The Amazing Seller, uh, episode number 339. I just looked it up. So you can check that out. And he's a great guy. um, And I think you can get a lot of value out of checking out his stuff too. So I don't get paid to say that or anything. I just, you know, I, I want to give back. Uh, he did so much for me over the past couple of years and, uh, I have no problem recommending him and all his teachings and all his stuff to my listeners as well. So, uh, with that guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you so much for checking it out and I will catch you on the next episode. Take care.